Support for Market Foolery comes from our friends at MyIDCare Identity Protection. The Equifax breach gave identity thieves access to the personal data of millions of Americans. Now is the time to protect yourself. 25 million Americans rely on MyIDCare, and right now, our dozens of listeners can get 15% off. Go to myidcare.com fool to enroll. It's Tuesday, November 28th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Hidden Gems, Abby Mallon. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. How was yours? Nice and smooth. Delicious food, smooth travel. That's that's mainly what I ask for. That's mainly what I'm looking for. Hey, the news fairy showed up, which is always great to see when we are sort of in the the last throes of earnings season. So we will We'll get to the beverage industry, exciting developments in the beverage industry, but we got to start with the news of the day, and that is that Rourke Capital Group, which is a private equity firm that appears to specialize in restaurants, Rourke Capital Group is buying Buffalo Wild Wings. The price tag is $2.4 billion. That works out to $157 a share, a number we will come back to in a moment. But what did you think when you saw the deal? Yeah, I think it's exciting. I mean, we've been talking about this one for a little bit now. There's been rumors of deals and um, off and on. So I think this is something that's been a long time coming. So you were looking at the, the you were actually showing me the the Rourke Capital Group. I mean, private equity firms uh, because they're private, they will share as much or as little of their business as they want to. And there are some private equity firms you go to their website and there's basically a logo. And an email address, and that's it. Rourke Capital Group. They got the people who work there. They've got their portfolio, and this this appears to be a go-to. I mean, this is their specialty, right? Restaurants. Yeah, they definitely have quite a few restaurants in there. They own um, Arby's, Auntie Anne's, Carvel, Cinnabon, Carl's Jr., Jimmy John's. Quite a few in there. Quite a few with that. Um, I mean, Rourke isn't a public company, so we don't know how the stock is doing. But but the reports, certainly when it comes to Arby's and sort of when you get into trade publications like QSR and that sort of thing, it really does seem like Arby's is doing pretty well. It seems like Jimmy John's is uh, is growing at least, and Cinnabon. I mean, if you don't like Cinnabon, you can just go ahead and leave the country right now. Exactly. Um, So for Buffalo Wild Wings. Is, do you have a sense of of what Rourke plans to do at this point? Are they looking to expand? Are they looking like have they shared anything other than we're buying Buffalo Wild Wings and this is the price we're paying? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I haven't read anything specific on what they're going to do, but I think analysts have made some comments that there's a little bit of low hanging fruit there for them to grab at. So, um, just continuing to improve. Financial metrics, get the operations up to standards, improve food quality, things like that. That should be relatively easy for someone as experienced as they are. Do you think this is a bad time for restaurants? I mean, I know restaurants have struggled over the last year or so, and it's something that we've talked about a bunch on this podcast. But you just think about over the last year or so where Panera Bread gets taken private. I think it was just last month, Ruby Tuesday. Was taken private, and and in I mean just to, and Krispy Kreme recently went private, but just in the case of Ruby Tuesday and Panera Bread, you've got two restaurants. They're in the same line of work, 
One of them is struggling in the case of Ruby Tuesday, so that maybe wasn't all that big a surprise. Panera Bread was doing well, and I'm just wondering if now that we add Buffalo Wild Wings to the list, if one of the takeaways for investors should be now is not the time to be invested in restaurants. I mean, I think generally when you look at the market right now, things are pretty expensive, and we've been talking about that for a while. And I wouldn't necessarily take private equity interest as a um, sign that you shouldn't be investing. If anything, it's probably a good time. I mean, private equity usually goes for these very aggressive deals. They're going to go after the profits. They're going to go where they see um, that they can actively make a change. And I think, you know, there's been a little bit of pessimism around the restaurant industry, especially in a frothy market. It's probably a good time to actually be. Digging into this space and shares of Wendy's, uh, which is publicly traded, are up today. What is, Wendy's somehow has part of this deal as well. How does that work? Yeah, so Rourke Capital Group bought Arby's from Wendy's in 2011 for about 430 million. So Wendy's retained 18 and a half percent ownership of Arby's, which was valued at about 326 million as of Q3. But following this Be Wild acquisition, it's be Wild will become a unit of Rourke's Arby's unit, and so Wendy's is now gaining that stake. And so now the Wendy's stake in Arby's, which includes now Be Wild, will be about seven hundred and seventy-five million. Nice work for Arby's or for, for Wendy's there. <laughs> Good day for Wendy's. Absolutely. Um, before we move on, I, I have to, I have to just sort of uh, close the books because it sounds like we're going to be closing the books on Buffalo Wild Wings. It's a public company. Got to close the books uh, with a little bit of history about uh, because the idea that Buffalo Wild Wings would go private has been out there for a while, at least as a possibility. The fact that it's Rourke taking them private and not Mercado uh, Capital Management um, may surprise a few people because Mercado Capital Management and Mick McGuire, their leader, came out in August of 2016 and just ripped. Buffalo Wild Wings, and in particular Sally Smith, the longtime CEO, and just because at the time Marcado had about a five percent stake, maybe a little bit more than a five percent stake, and they just ripped Sally Smith. And because after, you know, it reminds me of the old saying: "Do a little bit more than everyone expects, and soon everyone will expect more." Sally Smith and her team did such a good job growing. The business and rewarding shareholders year after year after year for for Buffalo Wild Wings. That I think uh, certainly some people at Mercado took that for granted because they hit a slight rough patch. They just went to town, and at the time of this presentation that Mick McGuire did, the stock was at one hundred sixty-seven dollars a share, and Mercado was part of the ownership group that signed off on Rourke. At $157 a share, which the last time I checked is lower than $167. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, it might have something to do with the fact that Rourke Capital previously invested in Wingstop, which is sort of a similar concept to Be Wild. It could be that they, Mercado got less interested. It could be um, maybe there was some tension there with that leadership change. I mean, I think it could be a bunch of things, you know. It could also be that uh, Mercado uh, decided to sort of essentially push Sally Smith out, and then they realized, you know what, running a publicly traded restaurant is really, really hard, <laughs> really hard, and so um, yeah, 
Anyway, and I say this as someone who has never invested in uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. I just look at um, what a great job uh, Smith did in running that company and uh, think that she was unfairly uh, raked over the coals on that one. So, anyway, uh, let's move on. And uh, again, want to say a quick thanks to our friends at My ID Care. Uh, the holidays are upon us, and that means, uh, as, as we were talking about earlier this morning, the rise of e commerce, more online transactions. And let's face it, cyber criminals, they want a piece of the action. So it's more important to protect yourself. And my ID care covers all types of identity theft, from medical ID theft to child identity theft. They've got you covered. You get 24-7 credit monitoring, dark web monitoring, and a 100 percent success rate restoring identities. It's the holidays. You want peace of mind. You want to enjoy the holidays instead of worrying about something like this. And for our dozens of listeners, you can get a 15% discount if you sign up today. Join the more than 25 million Americans who depend on MyIDCare for protection. Go to MyIDCare.com. Also, I should mention, uh, yesterday was Cyber Monday. Today is Giving Tuesday. And The Motley Fool is doing its annual philanthropy drive. And this year, we're partnering with a group called All Hands and Hearts. And we've talked on this show about the business impact of the recent disasters in Florida and Texas and Puerto Rico and the Caribbean. All Hands and Hearts deploys skilled and unskilled volunteers in disaster areas to rebuild homes, rebuild schools, help with community infrastructure. Um, and so that's why we decided to partner with them this year. So you can go to give.fool.com to learn more, uh, and any donation that you can make can uh, can really make a world of difference. So uh, so check that out at give.fool.com. Exciting news from the beverage industry: SodaStream has unveiled a new drink mix called Sparkling Gold, and it literally turns water into wine. This is exciting news. This is exciting. <laughs> this is exciting news. So this is only available at the moment in Germany. Do I have that right? Yes, only available in Germany. What do we think about this? Do we think? Uh, do you have a SodaStream device? I do not have a SodaStream device. I mean, I think it's interesting. It's definitely, um, you know, this was a um, longtime fool wreck, very long way back when, and I think that this is, you know, we kind of saw it. We had high hopes for it. We had high projections. It didn't exactly pan out. I think that this could be a potential new market for them and something sort of interesting, sort of a new revive, I guess. So, I have a SodaStream device in my house. I don't drink sparkling water, but several of the people in my home do, and we don't use it for any mixes or anything like that. It's just—I mean—it's just the carbonated water. So this is again sparkling gold. Apparently, it has, uh, and I'm just reading directly from the uh, the announcement from the company. Sparkling gold contains 10% alcohol by volume when prepared, <laughs> and this is the key point, ladies and gentlemen. When prepared using the recommended mixing ratio of one part sparkling gold concentrate to five parts sparkling water, which of course means. If you want a little bit more kick with your sparkling wine, you just reduce that amount of sparkling water that you're putting in there. Um, is this going to come to the United States? I, I, I've never been more interested in SodaStream as a business than I am right now, because if this works, th- has a huge potential. This has huge potential. Huge potential. I think it'll be interesting. I mean, 
I don't particularly follow this company, so I'm not sure like what their strategic initiative was starting in Germany was or why. But um, I mean, I, I agree. I think it could be big if it's good. Are you? <laughs> um, I know that uh, your colleague at Hidden Gems, Seth Jason, he'll he'll do a, a, a sparkling line now and then if it's if he's in a celebratory mood. Are you ever? Are you? Sometimes, yeah, I drink champagne, but not sparkling wine. I don't know. I think I think this really bears watching because in, in terms of the stock, shares of SodaStream have almost doubled over the past year. And anytime we talk about restaurants that serve alcohol, I mean that is that is a high margin business. Definitely. If this bec- if this works at all, I don't know. I I think this could be this could be huge. And and, <laughs> and I'm it, I, one of the things I was thinking about when um, when I was reading through this story was. Um, a few years ago, I got the chance to interview Nassim Taleb, who wrote *The Black Swan*, mm-hmm. and um, uh, and he was here in the office. And uh, so I don't I don't do many face to face interviews for for Motley Fool Money like that. And I was uh, doing some last minute prep with Taleb, and the, I, I basically picked up. Two bits of information about sort of his personality and sort of his non-literary life, and one is that he appears to be a pretty serious guy, and 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 does not have does not hold the media in high regard. So that made me a little nervous. And the other is that um, he's something of a wine connoisseur. So I, I sit down with him, and uh, it was it, he was not like mean or rude or anything like that, but he's very serious the whole the whole interview. And so the last question I asked him was about wine. And up until that moment, everything had been about the book and sort of his views on the economy and that sort of thing, his latest book at the time. And the, the last question I asked him was uh, I'm, I'm going, this weekend, I'm going to a friend's house for dinner. I don't know um, what he's going to be serving uh, at this dinner party, but I'd like to bring a bottle of wine. What do you recommend? And he just sort of stared at me for a second, and and for a couple of seconds, I thought, "Oh God, I I have horribly played missed the mark. <laughs> I have totally missed the mark, and he might take a swing at me." And then he just like got very animated and and broke into this big smile, and he he's basically like, "Okay, here's what you're gonna do," and his main point was, never spend more than fifteen dollars for a bottle of wine, ever, because. All of these tests that have been done about really expensive wine compared to just sort of your basic wines and and experts that can't tell the difference and and that is apparently part of the research that informed what SodaStream has done. So for anyone who's I don't know a wine snob just thinking, well, why would I ever drink this? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think you know if you read down on the, some of these analyst feedback or commenters, I don't even know if they're analysts, um, but people were pushing back that this was, you know, the company was sort of making it this like champagne celebratory drink and comparing it and taste test to that. But it's made from Riesling grapes, so it's actually more of like a sparkling white wine. Okay. So I don't know that this is necessarily going to attract that group of people, but I mean, it's interesting to watch. So every once in a while, I make a request of our dozens of listeners, and this time specifically, someone in Germany needs to try this. Someone in Ger- we need someone in Germany to try this out. <laughs> we need someone because I think this could work, but I think you also don't want to be in a position with this where you are preparing it in front of your guests. That's going to be a little bit of a buzzkill. I think you want to prepare it, put it in a different bottle. 
and then serve it from the, like a decanter of some sort, and just be like, "Oh yeah, no, I put just... your Soda Stream wine in a decanter and then serve it, or something." I don't know. Clearly, I haven't thought this through entirely, but okay. but would you agree with me that at least from a presentation standpoint, making it in a Soda Stream is want... a little day class? <laughs> yeah, that's. The, I don't think that's the move. I don't think that's the move. A um, couple of housekeeping notes before we wrap up. We do have a bonus episode of Market Foolery coming later this week. I think that is going to be published on Friday. Um, and as before, this will be a non-business news episode, so please feel free to skip it. Uh, DC area listeners, exciting news! December eighth, which is a Friday, we are going to be taping Motley Fool Money outside this studio. We're going to be out in DC. Exact location to be determined. Um, but I think in the next day or two, we'll have the details wrapped up. But we would love to have. Uh, listeners come out because uh, it is going to be at a place where food and adult beverages are served. So stay tuned on that Friday, December eighth, Motley Fool Money taping in Washington D.C. Uh, and tonight on CBS at eight o'clock Eastern, it's the annual showing of uh, on CBS of Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. You're not on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. So you have no danger of. I'm uh, gonna miss your genius. Uh, it is not gonna be genius, but it is. It is the one thing that I live tweet every year is Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer because I think it is unintentionally turned into an hilarious holiday special. So if you follow me on Twitter, it might be a good time to unfollow me because tonight I'm just gonna be. Or a good time to join Twitter. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. But really, I, I, historically, because I've done this for the last few years, historically, this is the night that uh, that I lose some followers, which is fine, <laughs> which is totally fine. Um, I was going to say you could follow Abby Mallon on Twitter, but you can't. You can't because she's not on Twitter. So, are you anywhere in social media that people can follow you, or just they have to go to fool.com and hope that you show, hope that one of your articles show up? If you subscribe, See me on fool.com exactly. Or if you subscribe to Hidden Gems, then then you're already getting. Uh, your weekly dose of the genius of Abby Mallon. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.